It is two minutes past nine. It's Sunday night. That can mean only one thing. It's time for Pop Culture Climate. With me, Daryl, and you, Gary. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. Am I Gary? Normally I introduce him. This is this is from me. Have I been living a lie? <laughs> I, was, I was very confused then, and, and, and that's general state of affairs for me, but yeah. <laughs> to be fair. But look, Daryl, there's a lot going on. We can't name it at the moment, but we're going to call it the pandemic. The pandemic. The pandemic for, for this episode. Look, there's a lot going on. And I don't really want to talk about it to the no, other show. I'm not really. I've so had enough. Exactly, I've had enough. Don't want to. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. No, not really. I'm not. I'm trying not to cough on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, I've had a little cold, and, and anybody that listened last week will know that I was not doing too well last week. But you'll be pleased to know that I'm doing well, and it's just Daryl that's ill this time. Yeah, so, I'm nowhere to stay with you, though. I'm not no, sweating. <laughs> I was in a bad, bad way last time. Listening back to it, I could. It's almost like I was reliving it. I was getting like PT. PTSD, <laughs> like going back <laughs> over it. So with that in mind, Daryl, right. what have you been up to this week? Um, worrying about the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. it. I don't want to think about it. It was my birthday on Saturday. Ooh. So like, you know, invited all the people over. Yeah, we'll Ooh. have a good time. Yeah, nice social gathering. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. everyone went, oh, no, we're social distancing. Oh, well, that was their excuse anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, what's the excuse for all the other years? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, um, um, uh, yeah, the, 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 the disease. Well, we were talking about this in the car, wasn't we? And we were saying that social distancing should be quite easy for you because you've, <laughs> <laughs> you've been legally required to distance yourself <laughs> for people for years now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at least no, at least 50 metres yeah, exactly. <laughs> no closer <laughs> so you should be fine oh yeah I'm fine I don't you mind I just sit at home be, yeah it should be a dollar I want to learn Blender oh, what's Blender it's like a 3D package oh right yeah you can make animations with it they've added something you can do 2D animation oh no so I'm going to learn that with my time off <laughs> what I'm going to do I'm going to put my skills put your skills to good work yeah exactly and, and see if we can uh, find a use for you because uh, we've struggled to find one so far uh um, but oh, no, actually, it's not like you. It's <laughs> something nice for me to look at, you know, across the table. Beforehand, it was just some sort of like sound boards and you know, radiators and the odd person walking past the window. Yeah. So in that sense, I suppose you've added a slight bit of value to the show. Oh, thank you. you know, like, Stop putting me down. <laughs> no, I told you, you see, you made the mistake well, this after week. After last week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, what you, you're saying to me. I rang you up and you're like, Gary, I'm not doing too well. I say, like, you shouldn't have told me that. I am not going to give you an easy run. I am no. not. Like, last week, for those of you that, that didn't hear it, I was ill. And in the second hour of the show, I was introducing my first ever Gary's anime adventure, which turned into Gary's anime nightmare as he tried to decipher the continuous barrage of misinformation that Daryl was throwing over. Only about Dragon Ball Z. Basically, nothing yeah. to do with what you were talking about Nothing Couldn't have all. been further away from what I was trying to talk about. And I was in a delirious state. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't see the iPad. I was sweating profusely. I could I could barely work out who was sitting opposite me. If if it wasn't that usual annoying tone coming opposite me, I might not know it was you. <laughs> Thankfully, even apparently in my illest of states, I can still remember that. But um, but obviously, it's been a, an interesting week. And, and I kind of just wanted to address the fact that I think 
the thing for us and the reason we're we're here this week, and why I wanted to ask you what you're you've been up to is life needs to carry on. Yes, you know we need to carry on because if we don't, what do we go back to? Exactly. You know what are we? Go- you know our news usually is upcoming film productions, what's being released, news and rumours. And for the last two weeks, you've been saying nothing to me other than news is cancelled, there is nothing, there is nothing. And I don't normally go hunt the news. That's normally your role, and then I'll go over what yeah. you find. Mm-hmm. And I've had a look myself, and I couldn't believe how right you were. Oh, it, no, some right. And, and, and you look at it, and that's where it kind of reminds you, like, you know, if, if we're not careful, it's not going to be the the disease or the pandemic that's going to be the issue. It's the it's shutdown. It's going to be the lack of the lack of entertainment news. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The lack of entertainment news. People are going to be sitting again. We literally only live for pop culture climate. Yeah, exactly. And their news. We don't actually care about the news. No, exactly. We just, we just like the way they present it. Exactly. We like, like what they're telling us. Exactly. And we, we like the bants. Exactly. The bants. The top bants. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, look. We have got something that isn't news um well i suppose we have got a little bit of news a little bit of news and then we're going to continue with our feature of taking you through what you can watch in yeah. isolation mm-hmm. what what's what's come out what we found and then of course back by popular demand because it is our most popular segment i am the only person that votes on this but it is our most popular segment back by popular demand we're going to have comic corner and we're going to relaunch. We're going to relaunch it because I'm I'm well this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to relaunch Gary's anime adventure with the new review system, Glow or Blow. And also last Ooh. week, at the end Ooh. of last week, we said, "Oh, we'll be back next week. We're going to review Bloodshot." Yeah, we were, weren't we? Yeah. Yes, but uh, obviously we didn't because all the cinemas are closed. No, exactly. And you know, people do say look for the positives of this pandemic, and I think that's probably a positive. Yes, well, we didn't have to exactly go to the cinema and watch Bloodshot. No, but what we do get to do because we're gonna have a little break before we go into the news because I think we're not really news, is it? It's gonna well, be it's recommendations. Recommendations. First. I mean, there's a couple of tiny yeah. bits of news. There's, it's, okay, we have to call it news light and heavy recommendations. Yeah, uh, that's what we're gonna call it. <laughs> you know the mic was up then, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, I tell you, I was, gonna, was, was that your one one per week? You're yes. to slip in a little. See, I don't know what it was. You see, that? you got worried that I got jealous of your comic corner, and, and, that really, and that's why I, that really hurt my phone. What, what me being jealous of comic? <laughs> He's doing that. <laughs> so, so my theory is that you were really jealous, uh, or you thought I was jealous of your comic corner, so I did anime adventure, and yeah. I think you were jealous of me singing True Survive last week, <laughs> yeah. and getting like a hundred hits on Instagram, I mean, I, I, I was basically more of a viral sensation than this pandemic, Yeah, you know, like, uh, is, that, is, that, is that work, is that, no, that joke you, work? Yeah, no, you haven't killed, or you might have killed 33 people and not told anyone about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible, I've got that look about me, don't yeah, I? Exactly. I, do, I do look like I'd keep that kind of thing to myself, I don't know what's <laughs> <laughs> and talking about keeping things to yourself, hey, that don't work. <laughs> no, he's just talking of not keeping things to yourself. Oh yeah, he's hey, all the yeah. What's what's going on? But look, we we talked about it in the first half of the hour. The thing is, the news is the same this week. It's the same as it was last week. It'll be the same next week. It'll be the same week after that. And the news is everything's been cancelled. And the truth is, is that we don't know how long this pandemic's going to have an effect on the film industry, on the TV industry, how long things are going to be delayed for. And because of that, we've had a bunch of production companies have 
what you could call a smart idea, delayed idea. I don't know what you want to call it. But because everybody's got to distance themselves socially, which I do think has probably got a more succinct way of being said. But I think if you said it more succinctly, people wouldn't understand what you meant by that. Right, okay. Socially in your suit. Socially distancing yourself or, or something like that. I don't know. People, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, know what you're saying. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what you're getting even, out there. Not like, I, what? I don't know. You probably don't know because you wasn't looking at me. You've been reading your phone during this whole intro. So with that in mind, <laughs> as, as I mentioned, yeah. these production companies, they found a way around it. Yeah. How do we get people to watch our films even though they're not going into the cinema? Because the cinemas are closed in America, a lot of places. Yes, yeah, exactly. So how are they going to get people to watch their films? Because they don't know how long they could delay these releases for. No. Instead, they're going to stream the films. Right. Okay. They're going to bring the theatre, the cinema, to your home Ooh. for the low, low cost of 1995. Because this has been a thing, and they've been talking about windowing for a while. Mm-hmm. I might have said it. Anyway, I... so, so they've been talking about it for a long time, and now I think this is maybe their chance. Because they couldn't do it for the, because of the cinemas. Yeah. Now the cinemas are open, they can do it. They're yeah. going to see how this works. Exactly. It's been a big argument. Much like, I suppose, a lot of things holding on to an industry that's evolving. Yeah. Now, if you look at the Oscars... maybe. Possibly, yeah. Possibly like radio. If you look at the Oscars, one of the the big issues for Netflix was that you have to distribute your films into theatre to be under consideration for an Oscar. Mm -hmm. Obviously, famously, the... um, Roma. Yeah, the behind the is it behind the candelabra? Oh, yeah. The the, the um, Liberace uh, film with HBO. Michael Douglas. Yes, but because it never got a cinema release. Oh right, okay. It was never under contention for an Oscar. It was never under contention for an Oscar anyway. Oh, there was talks of it. There were there was there really was, was there? there was big arguments here about that people felt that that it's because you're Michael Douglas pretending to be a bit fairy that you can get away with it. Like nah, yeah, come on, it's not, it's not. Come yeah, on. I, I mean, you, you shouldn't be getting an Oscar for that. But that was where I first heard of the conversation about it the, the fact that people or films couldn't be considered unless they'd been distributed so then what did Netflix do they worked a little angle out they'd release a film in a couple of theaters. yeah they had to like release it somewhere in LA and exactly and that and that really was one of those hold-ups like you were talking about the distribution where yeah. mm-hmm. cinemas know that if you put it into people's houses you're minimizing the reason they need to go yes and that will destroy the film industry and I think you're, and, and I studied this, and I've known about them trying to do this for a oh, while. Oh yeah, everyone sort of gets it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cinema has got so expensive in a lot of places. Yeah. And when you go, if you, if you go to see a horror movie and there's kids there, you forget about it. You just don't. There's no. Oh, you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go to to Romford, for example, um, to Premier Cinema to watch a horror film. No. You know, it's it's for for those that don't know, it's like a four or five pound a ticket cinema yeah. every day of the week, no matter what film it is you're going to see. But last get time what we went there, for. there was a leak there. I had a seed in. Yes, there was, wasn't there? But it was nice because we got our drinks topped up for free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so we, we can't always complain. No, exactly. You know, and free there refills. Was, yeah, exactly. Free That's refills. My, my favourite drink is Rusty Brew. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty Brew. So anyway, so that's happening. Now look, we're going to give you a rundown of the films that are going to be released. So we got uh, Universal's releasing some, Sony's releasing some. We got a collection for you. That's <coughs> so I. Uh, Get rid of my little cough there. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to say before we go into that, and it's an elephant in the room for me, right, is okay. yes, they're all trying this. And yes, I think this is the perfect opportunity for them to try it. But what nobody's talking about is the fact that companies like Netflix, Amazon, YouTube, 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now Disney have all agreed to reduce their bandwidth speed by 25% because of the impact that the isolation and, and the current yeah, pandemic is having. Yeah, because street, everyone's uh, seeing at home streaming. Exactly. If you're working for home... You're kind of working, but you're streaming. Exactly, exactly. And even you're so, you're at your laptop. Well, you're streaming anyway because you're having to, to connect to a virtual network. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. So you've but got, yeah, so you're you know, using a VPN anyway. So exactly, and you've got a constant stream of, of of up and down data. So it's what they're what they're saying is that they don't want to further kind of um, add any more pressure, if you like, or yeah, on, exactly. onto the onto those networks onto that. So with these films being released. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you've got to look and go, well, if all the big companies that got the platforms to do this at the moment are reducing by 25%, which is going to reduce the quality, that's going to reduce the quality of these home releases. Um, these I think a lot of them, are, some of them are to buy, though. Some of them are to okay. rent for 24 hours, or some of them are to buy. That's but probably because... It's a digital because... purchase. They, the same price as the renting now. Oh. It's a bit weird. So, it is a bit so if weird. You're straight, if you're... Renting it, yeah, you're going to get a lower quality. But if you're downloading it to keep, you down, you can download the perfect copy, aren't you? So yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. So I, I suppose what I'm thinking more is is things like uh, well, we'll talk about. It. Let's go through the the titles that we got. The first one is Friday Night Dinners. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's for, I'm going to give people a little peek behind the curtains. Here. In my news, I'm a big Friday Night Dinner fan, and we're just going to talk about it now. It's coming no, we're out. Not. Yes, no, we're yes, not. yes, we are. No, we're not. It's the right, wrong no, place. We're no, we're not. Is it not the right? We've got to talk about it on Friday night. Is that when we've got to do it no, at dinner? No. no. But anyway, look, because Daryl is. By the way, <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going to be all right. Then I'm trying to concentrate for more than one minute, and I, I, I'm not listening to a word you said. I no, didn't I know, know what's going on. I know you haven't. No. I'm really trying to hold on there. I was like, oh, no, I'm fine. And then 10 minutes into this, I'm like, Oh, well, no, 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 Gary Phil last week. Oh, Jesus. Well, let I've me... definitely got the corona, so the next person who uses his microphone, buggered. Oh, yeah, we've had a show. You've definitely got the corona. Although, having said that, I'm starting to get a bit hot, but that's because I'm looking at you. So uh, that's a common occurrence for me. That's got nothing to do with corona. But look, first film we've got coming out is Birds of Prey, mm -hmm. which I don't think an awful lot of people want to go sit at the cinema, so I don't know how many people are going to watch it at home. But that's coming out on March the 24th. And I think this might lead into the answer to your question. You've got a digital release coming out on the 24th. That's for nine, $20, call it. Yeah, $20. But then you've, it's available to rent on the 7th. Yes. Now, this is a film that already spent a couple of months in the cinema. Yes, it's already been sort of, it's not like some of the others. Exactly. So I suspect that what's hap what we'll see is the ones that have already had a theatrical release are the ones that you can buy. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And those that haven't ah, or, yeah. or a very limited theatrical release are, are the ones that you still have to... That, that's my theory. Because after that, we then have Bloodshot, mm -hmm. which was also uh, released at cinema. It was only released for, for a fortnight, though. Yeah. Um, and clearly they were thinking that the reason people didn't go see it was because of the isolation and the shutdowns, not because it was critically panned across the board as... Every Vin Diesel film that isn't a Fast and Furious does outside of the first ever uh, Pitch Black. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only one that's had a positive review yeah, outside of yeah, yeah. Fast films. And I'm not even a fan of the Fast films, so... No, um, no. Witch Hunter got a... Was it Witch Hunter? No, you are. You are definitely... <laughs> For a second, then, I thought, actually, he Pacifier. does have one. He does have one. Pacifier. Guardians. Guardians is the one. That, no, the, that... the Pacifier. Oh, of course, yeah, of course. No, that was um, yeah, because that they said was one of those cinema classics alongside the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, I think, and that was why people had a clamour to get the Rock and Vin Diesel in the same film. The Tooth Fairy. Yeah, it's made yeah. by Blumhouse. 
Was it? It was made by. I did know that. I don't and know. It's like the I'm most about. expensive film they ever made as well. I mean, really? it cost like fifty-four million, and it did nothing of the thing, and then so they was like, right, we're never doing another big film ever again. Was that, the, was that the films. big one that changed their mind? I think so. I believe so. Yeah. And talking about Blumhouse, Ooh. we've got two Blumhouse movies also coming out. Have we? What ones yeah. are those? So we've got The Hunt. Oh, yeah. Which hasn't had a lot of luck, has it really? It had delays, didn't it? It had delays. Well, week in... it was coming out on the 27th. Is it 27th? Yeah. Was... Yeah, 27th of September. Yeah. And then there was a big fuss about it because there's a lot of shooting when at that time, mass shootings in America. There did seem, yeah. And also Fox News and the right-wing media started harping on it saying, oh, it's shown like right-wing people being hunted down, deplorables being hunted down by the left. Right, Oh, yeah. like, look what it's saying. It's like we're encouraging people to go around and kill people wearing MAGA hats and all these... Which was rubbish. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, they hadn't watched the film. Of course, of course no. they hadn't watched the film. These people, you know, no. you know what I mean? Read the, think they've they even read the Bible and they believe in it. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, though, to watch a film, no, they're not yeah. going to do that. I mean, no. It wasn't even out, so they couldn't watch it. No. So, but so, they, so we got pulled and they said, oh, that's a victory for us. Yeah. And then Universal, who always bring out the Blumhouse movies, were like, no, we're going to re-release it. It's just there was a few mass shootings. It felt a bit bad at that time yeah. to do a thing about people being hunted and shot. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being sensitive to the timing of a release. No, exactly. Because of, of their real emotions, real lives that were affected by it. But mm -hmm. again, a film is a film. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and in the 60s, we worked out that people don't just en masse watch films and go out and recreate it. it no, if, exactly. You know, if that Unless was, it's doing the... the Joker dance on those steps in Brooklyn. Yeah, but that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would, I, if I went to, to Brooklyn, I would definitely do the Joker dance. Would you? Yeah, except I'd if I'd change the song. I'd do it in a McDonald's. You would, you would, you've done it in a McDonald's. Yeah, just before I start throwing burgers at people. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, didn't about the time that I got a free cheeseburger uh, going for a drive-thru at night. Uh, convinced the drive-thru person that, one, I was in a car, I oh, wasn't, okay. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And two, that I was a student and therefore I'll get free cheeseburgers. And I convinced him by showing him my work pass to get into the building that yeah. was just a completely blank white card. Oh. There was nothing written on it. Did I, did, have I did have a food fight once in the McDonald's. Did you? In the one in um, uh, Oxford Street. Oh, okay. A group of kids we didn't know and they started following us about saying that we owed them money because they got it all over their clothes. Oh, their really? clothes. <laughs> you threw ketchup at us and it got all over our clothes. We didn't throw any ketchup at you. We weren't uh, bad. Yeah, uh, look, it's all over here. And they started chasing us so we had to... Had to run? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. If we I was we, ran, we ran, we ran, and then we got on the train and then the tube and they didn't have any tickets so they couldn't get us. That was a great story. Uh, I, I can tell it was really well <laughs> so that, was like that was like the hunt. <laughs> that was like the hunt. Thank you for bringing exactly. us back on point. And so the next um, Blumhouse movie, mm -hmm. they're bringing out, as I said, two Blumhouse movies, is yeah. The Invisible Man. Yes, they are, which, again, did get a theatrical release. Yeah, and it was also the, one of the first ones they were going to announce that was going straight to the... Straight out windowing, as they called it. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So that was like one of the first ones. I think it was that and Trolls World Tour. Well, no, Trolls World Tour obviously got moved up initially for the Bond schedule, but mm. maybe they originally were going to trial that as part of the windowing yeah. uh, mm -hmm. test, but I know that they've only recently announced it's going to be straight video on demand. Yeah, they're not, exactly. They're not yeah. going to do any theatrical release at no. all, which kind of made sense because as we outlined before, 
the Bond audience and the Trolls audience are the same people. Exactly. And if Bond had to pull, it was obviously Trolls was going to have to pull as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but talking of digital films, there is another one uh, that we're getting released. This is pure digital. This, this is, is pure digital. 3D digital. 3D digital. CGI. I can't remember. Computer generated something <laughs> rather. <laughs> Imagery. Imagery. That's the one. It's Pixar's latest film. Uh, I haven't seen it myself, and it's Onward. We haven't seen it because it's been pulled from the cinema. I it's been out for two weeks. It's number one in America yeah, for the last two um, weeks. I mentioned it the other week, and you didn't know what it was. I know, and you would have thought in that week I'd have gone and found out what it was, but I didn't. Well, we were driving home the other week, and I mentioned yeah. it to you, and you was like, what's Onward? And I was like, I mentioned it in the show. <laughs> you mentioned it in the show. On the drive home, you've put it in the news today, <laughs> and I'm still coming again. Yeah, so what's it's this like? Two onward? elves and like they're in a magical world, but magic doesn't exist anymore. Ah, and they bring down their, they bring their back their dad to life, and he's just a pair of pants. Oh, awesome! And there's nobody. Oh, that's brilliant. And then they had to go. It's very Pixar-y. Yeah, but yeah. it feels like if. From what I hear, it feels kind of like if DreamWorks were trying to do a Pixar movie instead of an actual Pixar movie, maybe. So if so, it's it doesn't feel like a Pixar film. Well, it feels like a Pixar film, but it feels too much like a Pixar movie. Oh, you know so I mean? it feels like somebody's doing an impersonation of, of a Pixar movie. Yeah, uh, that's what basically I've heard. But it still might be good. It still might be. Um, I think no, I've seen the trailers, but it didn't really. At all. But in no Pixar movies ever. I've never seen a trailer from a Pixar movie. And thought to myself, I really want to watch that. You're joking, right? No, no, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a Pixar film or trailer. No, when I've watched a Pixar movie, I've liked them. But when I've yeah. watched a trailer, I mean, I watched Up or Inside Out, I was like, yeah. eh. But then when I watched them, I was like, oh, yeah, they're good. Do you know what? Maybe, I need to, maybe I'm having a Mandela effect here. Maybe I need to go. Because I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I can't remember a Pixar film where I've seen the trailer and I didn't enjoy it. But maybe not. Who knows? Let's, let's go. But, look, but I think, because you're not feeling very well. Right, okay. And I think that's all of the ones really getting released this week. Yeah. On, mm-hmm. on new... Home video. Yeah, exactly. There's, some co- there's more coming, yeah. but we've got to save them for next week because there <laughs> won't be any news next week. Well, no, there's going to be no news next week. And if we if we blow our load this week, then, yeah. well, you know, I, I just, yeah, we, we I don't see any other news coming up in the next, it's all going to be the same thing. This has been cancelled, that's been cancelled. And even if you go onto all the sites, a lot of them now are just doing top tens now, doing, doing list articles yeah. mm-hmm. because they've got nothing. You know, they've got nothing. And we don't, want companies to shut down so they've got to give people stuff to work on yeah but with that in mind as I said because you are feeling ill I think we should have a break these are crazy times we're living in Daryl crazy crazy times so tell us about some stuff we can watch this week Right, so we've been uh, going through the releases, looking at what you can watch, and then looking at stuff we've been watching ourselves. We have been, We yeah. try to get you an idea, to try to recommend you some stuff, because yeah. we are the pop culture climate, so it should be our job to know about pop culture. If we didn't really know, we're not really good at our job. No, well, we're not good at our job, but we're that's, that's neither here nor there. So. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We are as good as we are paid, <laughs> exactly, which is not exactly. at all. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, we're as good as two homeless people. <laughs> yeah, well, no, come on, let's not not the homeless. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. Let's not not the homeless. Right, okay, so first off, we've got the uh, Tiger King. Ooh. Which is a new true crime documentary series. Yes, you see, I hadn't heard of this until you wrote it down in recommendations. And you have got my attention. I've seen everyone, I sent you and Ryan a link the other day about it. I was like, the Tiger King, yes, yes. I saw the trailer for it. I was like, yes, he's Joe Exotic. Because I listened to our last podcast on the left. Oh, right, yeah. And they do a thing called Side Stories now and they talk about stuff. And they've been talking about Joe Exotic for a while. Oh, right. And I don't know they knew that this 
documentary series was coming and they were just reading some news about him. Yeah. And Tell me about Joe Exotic. Who is Joe Exotic? Right, he runs a big cat uh, zoo, basically, okay, yeah. in Oklahoma. Right. And not they, they called it a zoo, but it's not really... Like, in England, we've got the zoos, but they're sort of owned by big companies. I mean, this geezer's yeah. just got... A, a lot of land. A lot of land with cages with tigers in it, basically. And you <laughs> oh, play them right. and you go there. <laughs> yeah. And you can play with the, you know, you get to pet a tiger. Yeah. Baby tiger and all this stuff. So it's not like part of the Two Swords group or anything. No, exactly. Like that, yeah, though. exactly. Yeah. Not Merlin, no. No, no, exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. And so it's all about these different people who own cat, big cat places. Right. And someone said, uh, animal people are weird. Yeah, okay. But big cat people are the weirdest. Oh, really? <laughs> and they say, yeah, they're backstabbing killers <laughs> i mean man men the, the cats are the owners <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly yeah they're just as mad as the owners wow so um <laughs> all, all and he's i said unlike uh don't f with cats which is the other cat one yes yeah which felt like it was like it should have been like maybe an hour or so you know what i mean yeah they really stretched that out yeah they really yeah. stretched out and i don't think they had enough space to stretch out really we're just dealing with the the people on the facebook group maybe exactly yeah this so far i've watched am i on the third episode there's enough meat on the boat there's enough weirdness on it you can get to the third episode you're like really okay where would these come from okay <laughs> all these people are yeah crazy really <laughs> yeah, oh, so yeah, oh. what was that called it was called the tiger king the tiger king yeah which is who is joe exotic oh right okay and, and that's on netflix yeah. yeah and is that out now yeah okay and joe exotic he is a character he's got a mullet yeah he's gay he oh, writes songs, he does music videos, he's got yeah. his own uh, TV channel. Oh, I was going to say, sounds exactly like me, but I don't have my own TV channel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got That's two the only difference between me and Joe Exotic. He's so got far. two husbands. Oh, yeah, well, they're definitely like me then. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's another guy as well, and there's a woman who, he's, he's at war with this woman who owns a big cat uh, rescue sanctuary. Oh, okay, well, look. I think I don't know about anybody listening to this, or, or certainly anybody listening in the future. Well, I'm going to watch that. It's number one on Netflix in the UK at the moment, so everybody's watching it. It's going to be the thing that everyone's talking about. Then I better get watching it because I've got a feeling we're going to be talking about this next week. Yes, yeah, oh, for yeah. sure, for sure. Another thing that I have watched that's coming out, I think, yeah, it must be the end of this week. Yeah, in five days' time to be Friday, is the Ozark season three. Uh, five days, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, 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 yeah. twenty seventh be Friday. Uh, so yeah. yeah. As you wrote here, because, I mean, <laughs> I have never seen a better sell of a TV show in my life. And you're, I mean, you wrote up this beautiful thing for Tiger King. I don't want to go too far ahead, but there's other shows that you've written a nice little paragraph for. For Ozark Season 3, you, you wrote, and I read this verbatim, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Bateman is back. I have not. Because I was never there. Oh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not, because <laughs> I was never there. Yeah, exactly. I've never been to the Ozarks. Have you Don't not? know anything about it. Do you not? Is it some mountains or something? No. <laughs> you genuinely you have no idea about what happens in the show. So I know he, I know he's a lawyer for, like, criminals. No, he's an accountant. He, oh, accountant, sorry, yeah, for he, criminals. Yeah. And then he turns into um, Ben Affleck. Yes. Uh, funny, yeah. The and, accountant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and Solomon Grande, born on a Monday. He just keeps saying that over and over oh, again. Right, like, okay. I couldn't work out why. <laughs> but that makes perfect sense. Isn't he realize. like a big bad... <laughs> a big bad... <laughs> look, my brain is turning into Swiss cheese. If it's not written down, I'm just going to call things different things. And then like Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> big Bang Theory. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to be talking now. Yeah, so... So it's like a breaking bad. <laughs> don't go, go you got to keep like, no, no. Don't laugh because you're losing it and you're letting me keep talking and I, you're not like, 
This right. is going to be the worst episode ever. We've got nothing to talk about, and my brain is just yeah, turned to switch. Yes, it is somewhat of a big band breaking bad ripoff. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. exactly what it is. But no, yeah. It's basically imagine if Walter White, instead of being a chemist, what he was really good at, what his unique talent was, moving money around and making dirty money clean. Okay. Now, that's the same thing. And just like Walter White, he is on the verge of death in the in the first episode. Oh, right, Unlike okay. Walter White, it's not because of a terminal illness. Because the cartel have decided they can't trust him anymore, so they're going to kill him. Oh, and right. he says to them, I've got this great idea where I can make you 500... I could launder $500 million for you all for a place called the Ozarks because it's a holiday destination for Americans. So a big peak, big surge in money, lots of businesses to invest in, so and so forth. They go out there and things aren't as easy as he thinks. Like with Walter White, when he thinks he's going to make all this money selling meth, and then he realises, ah, when you're making money illegally, there's a lot of people that will do illegal things to stop you making your money illegally. So, oh, right, okay. And that's kind of where it goes from there. But what's really nice, and, and if I'm going to advise anybody to watch this, it's the wife in it. Right, okay. She is no Skylar. No, oh, no no, 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 no. She is very much an instrumental driving force. And at first they give you this impression that maybe she is like Skylar, she's an innocent, that he went off on his own back. And you realise that she knew from day one. And in fact, she told him to go do it. Oh, right, OK. Yeah, so you, you find that. And she is no angel. Let me, let me tell you that. Oh, first. no angel, is she? Oh, she is no angel. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And season, I've got to say, though, I, I put it on because I heard season three was coming out. I blew through the first two seasons in like two days. It was brilliant. Oh, okay. If we were reviewing this and we were using our old review system, it would be a binge. Right, sure. okay. So that's that's coming out end of this week. And then, ah, actually, I'm going to let you tell us about this next one because I know it's one of your all-time favourite films. Yeah, um, what did we, was it Comic Book Corner, the first Comic Book Corner? It was, yeah. I mentioned this film. You did. Uh, Guns Akimbo. Yeah. And it is coming to Prime Video now. Yes, the Daniel Radcliffe completely plausible Oscar contender of a film. I think yeah, exactly. that was the review we gave it, wasn't yeah, exactly. it? Yeah, oh, I think I've mentioned it in passing, but he plays a coder, yeah. a video game coder, who doesn't know how to use a VPN. <laughs> um, I was watching Hunted the other day. So I think I said this in the review. I was watching you Hunted, did, yes. and an old man used using a VPN. Yeah. And he's a coder, and he's not using a VPN, where exactly. he's going against trolls online. Yeah. Basically, he has a go at trolls online, while watching a thing called Schism, which is uh, like a, a, like, basically it's the running man. Right, Two okay. people out there trying to kill each other. Whoever kills each other first lives and carries on. Whoever dies, dies. Sounds very similar to my anime adventure this week, which oh, yeah, is yeah, Dar Darwin's game. Yes, a lot like Darwin's game. Yeah. Well, that's the idea of it. But for some reason, everyone's ignoring it's happening. Uh, I think it feels a little bit... Anyway, so and in, it gets guns bolted to his hands. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of... It needed to be schlockier. I don't think he was schlockier enough. Okay, please explain what you mean by that. Well, schlocky is... I don't, I don't know. Schlocky is like B-movie, ah, fantastic, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, a I bit more, mean, yeah, yeah, I do actually know exactly yeah, what you mean. You know, like, exploitative, exploitative, schlocky, schlock. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. like Planet Terror or Machete Lives or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, they tried to ground it a little bit, and the grounded bit and the schlocky exploitation... Schism bit doesn't sort of mesh too well, I don't think. Yeah, the two, it's almost like a clash of two films. Yeah, and in it, uh, there's Marvel Weaving, who was in Ready or Not. 
Ready or Not? I don't think I've Ricky's seen that. Was it Ready Player One? No, Ready no. or Not. Oh, right. I've not, I've not Ricky, seen uh, it. Ricky goes to get married to a guy and they say, oh, you've got to play a game. To enter. And one of them was, if you don't do it, um, we got to hunt you down and murder you, basically. Oh, wow. So a whole, this, whole, this whole family is chasing her through a mansion trying to kill her. Oh, wow. And this isn't in Guns Akimbo? This no, no, this is, is in... Oh, this is in Ready or Not. It's oh, brilliant really than that. Ready or not, yeah. And then in this, she's playing someone who's getting hunted down to try to get killed. <laughs> she's got range, yes. is what you're saying. She's but got range. the character she's playing in this is just uh, an absolute like killer, murderist oh, maniac. Oh, really? He's murdering people left, right, and centre. And she's brilliant in the. Yeah. I, I think I just wish it, the character, the whole film was just about her character. Yeah. I wonder. And, uh, if... and not about. Not about Daniel, I don't think Daniel Radcliffe brings anything to it. It's quite funny you should say that. But. I say watch it because it's free if you've got Prime because it's free. Oh well, yeah, I might, I might give it a go for free because I've been watching Darwin's Game. And funnily enough, there's a the main female character in that is called is a character called Shuka, and she's definitely the the big kick. kick yeah, yeah, character. yeah, yeah, exactly. Without without a shadow of a doubt, and I dislike the main protagonist and wish it was more about her. Yeah, well, you know, so I kind of maybe maybe they did maybe they had seen Darwin's Game before <laughs> and kind of took a lot of. Uh, Lot of little leaves out of that book, so to speak. Well, this is made by a New, Ze- a New Zealand director, and I think it was with the New Zealand Film Trust. So oh, it's probably right. been in, you know, in production for quite a while, I'd imagine. Okay, yeah, possibly, possibly. If it would maybe been delayed by six months, it'd be in production for even longer. Yeah, uh, maybe, yeah, exactly. But let's talk about something that has finished its production. And for those of you that aren't aware... That, oh, that, link, that link worked. Eh? <laughs> that link worked. Yeah, of course it worked. I'm so glad you shared that great bit of radio with us. Um, but something that's a great TV show that I can share with you. See, I can do links when I'm not unwell. In fact, I can do good links. And that is BBC's Life on Mars. Now, as part of this kind of isolation and, and trying to give people some entertainment, the BBC has been releasing a wave of its old box sets yeah, back onto their, their iPlayer. And one of which is, is something that I actually have the uh, season one Life on Mars and I suppose both Life on Mars, aren't they? Season one and... Yeah, season two. Season Well, season one and two is... is Life on Mars and then season three, one, two and three of Ashes to Ashes. Ashes to Ashes, that's it, yeah. So I've got both lots on oh, my, the box okay. set. Um, I must admit, I much prefer Life on Mars. Yes, yeah, so I've started watching. I've got through all of Life on Mars. Yeah, That's what I've been doing. I've just been watching Life. I've been sitting at work. Yeah, watching Life on Mars. Oh, brilliant! I've got through with all of it, and I've started on uh, Ashes to Ashes. Yeah, and it does is a little less so far. I'm mean, It's bit... not as punchy, and that's a deliberate line of mine because mm. Philip Glenister doesn't get to punch as many people. No, exactly. Yeah, and I feel like Gene Hunt light. You know, it's yeah. I, I think it would have worked better if we'd have started in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And then gone further back. Yeah, yes, the problem is because Gene Hunt is the seventies, yeah. so it sort of works. But he's he's as out of place in the eighties as the person who goes back in time. Is Sam, in isn't it? Sam, Sam. I'm sure his name was Sam, wasn't it? Yeah, but you know, I'm talking about in, John Sims' character. Yeah, I'm talking about in Life of Mars. Oh right, yeah. Gene is the seventies. Yes, so well, absolutely. Yeah. And and Sam goes back and he's out of place. But yeah. in Ashes to Ashes, yeah, Gene's a little bit out of place in the eighties. As well as the cop, that's yeah. Been, as well as Alex Drake, the cop saying, yeah. who goes back in time. I do see what you're saying, and and I didn't. I su- it was also kind of like this running current of the David Bowie hallucinations and things like that running throughout. That wasn't 
as much in, in Life on Mars? No, no, not in Life on Mars. Was it? Am I misremembering? Yeah, it was like a lot of Life on Mars. Ah, right. had, the, had the stuff from the future and the stuff from the past meet and solve each other. Like yeah. this one where he's hallucinating. Yeah. They say, oh, you got dropped uh, tabs of acid, but really you got given the wrong medication when he's in the coma. Right, OK. See, I obviously misremembered that. But she does keep going on about in Ashes to Ashes, how yeah. she's in the thing. Sam sort of drops out really quickly and just carries on. Says stuff to people, but he sort of, but she seems not to want to give that bit up. Yeah, so, I, I do. I, for the first few or four or five episodes. But isn't like, it because she knew something about Sam as well, though? Before, yeah, exactly. She felt knew about Sam. And so. I think that's why she wouldn't let it go, because she knew about Sam. That's yeah, why exactly. she kept coming back but to it. But Ashes to, uh, Life of Mars is better than Ashes yeah. to Ashes, I think. And, and the beautiful thing is, because it's on BBC iPlayer, you can watch all of it and you haven't even got to have any adverts. No adverts. Oh, yeah, and you don't yeah. have to pay. Exactly, and you don't have to pay. Well, you do have to pay because it's a lot more money than the yeah, other, all the other exactly. things. Right? So you do. There's a TV licence you have to pay. But you have to pay that anyway, so. Exactly, unless you're over 70 now, is it? They've pushed it up to or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. I, I can't remember. But is there anything else that we've got coming out? Right, so uh, this has already been out. I've been on um, fine for quite a while. Okay, yeah. It's a deadly class. Oh, tell me more. So it's a deadly by a comic book from one of my favourite writers. And the writers of uh, this week's Comic Corner. Ooh. So it's Rick Remender, his name is. Oh, okay. What does what he... What what, tell me some of the titles he's written. He's written this, uh, Deadly Class. He's written... Yep. Wrote... wrote <laughs> um, uh, Black Science. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. He's written... Uh, die, Die, Die. Is he something? No, it's not his. Anyway, he's writing quite a few different things now. He's, yeah. He's, he doesn't... He mainly works for Image. Well, works for oh, Image, right. mainly publishing for Image nowadays. Okay, yeah, so, okay. yeah, and so this was his like one of his first creator own books. All oh, right, okay. Like after he'd left, he was working for Marvel for a while. Yeah, he left and he went creator owned. Right, yeah. It's all launched and he had Black Science. Yeah, which I will do as a comic book corner one day. Yeah, and uh, this one called Deadly Class. Oh, okay. So it's about a guy called Marcus. Yeah, he's an orphan and he's living on the streets of San Francisco, and he gets uh, somehow involved in a. Uh, King's Dominion, which is a school which trains assassins. Oh, you've got me straight away. Exactly. So it's a bit like, um, it's a bit like, imagine uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. But everyone's slivering and everyone's trying Ooh. to kill each other because they're all assassins. Nice. And all, no one's nice. Everyone's a horrible piece of work. Nice. Yeah, I, I like the sound of that. And he sort of gets, gets in there and meets, he sort of comes a group, friends with a group of all the outcasts. Yeah. And they sort of all team up together. Yeah. The people that, that aren't bags of, of rubbish, you know, like people that aren't just trying to kill everyone. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and maybe if we band together, we might all survive this. Exactly, yeah. exactly. If we band together, we might have survived this, which yeah. is all about. Only last one season, though. So you only one season up there because it was on sci-fi. And I've, I've got a thing against sci-fi now. Oh, so this is a, a live... Oh, you have got a thing against sci-fi, <laughs> yeah. haven't you? Yeah, I was going to say, this is becoming a bit of a reoccurring yeah, exactly. theme. Each well, week, you like, they did make shark They did make Sharknado 1, 2, 3 and 4, so we should look down upon them with a and, and change their name to sci-fi. Exactly, yeah. No, we should do, because they haven't made Sharknado 5, uh, and until they do that, they're just going to be down in my installations. Had, I don't know what it's called. Well, no, they've got to delay the production. I mean, that, that would have overtaken Avatar. And, and, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> look, maybe not Avengers, but it would overtake an Avatar. So you know, I, look, you, you can't blame them. Yeah, exactly. of course you can blame them. They're terrible films. <laughs> yeah, exactly. made into a terrible market. I I don't watch much live TV. I tend to watch streaming. And oh, so, yeah, so do I. I, I not that long ago f- was flicking through the channels, and I happened to land on Sci-Fi, and they had this terrible spider film on, 
It was about some spiders in a hospital and it had one of the actors who played the psychic in Heroes in it. And it, and do you know what? I remember I was watching it and I've just realised this actually was a few years ago I was watching this and I was studying uh, film production at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember everyone saying it's really hard industry to get into. You won't make well, it as a director. And then I watched that and thought... Well, somebody got paid to direct that film. Mm-hmm. So even if I have to make rubbish films exactly. like that... Was it made by Asylum, who make all the rubbish films? Possibly, yeah. I think, I think it like was... Like Transmorphers and all that. Yeah, it was definitely one of those. It was like an arachnophobic... Yeah. Like arachnophobia, but they couldn't call it that. So yeah, it was like, it was like spiderphobia like or something. Watching one of them and it was a full one. And, oh, oh my God, it was, ba- it was bad, mate. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. It was like people walking around a green park... The, oh been a bit wet and muddy so everything looked a bit green so they keep zooming in on th- oh, I'm just watching it just going everything about this movie the block watching that movie can yeah. teach you more about what how to make a movie than a good movie I think because you can yeah. watch that and you can see the mistakes going why well, that, that's how right so you're not supposed to be like that close in you're supposed to come out a little bit give it a little yeah, bit have of a view. shot yeah, exactly right, right. Up, so yeah. what's oh all the thirds is like, you can learn more about by looking how someone does it completely wrong yeah to when yeah. I think someone does it so right because we're so right you're just enjoying it and you don't notice it because you're just absorbed in it exactly watching yeah. something terrible you, you can't get into it so you can only notice everything that's wrong Ex- exactly it's kind of um, people have been asking me recently how I've improved as a presenter and I said well that's exactly what I do I just watch Daryl yeah, exactly. uh, and then whatever he does I do the opposite I do a great job yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. you see everything I've done wrong exactly yeah like mispronounce everything and... <laughs> exactly that? I'm, I'm not perfect what might be perfect is all of uh, Disney Plus being released on the 24th. Mm. That could be. You know what? At first, I remember when they announced this, I was like, hey, have they got enough? And then you realise all the acquisitions they've made. And you're like, oh, exactly. they've got more than enough. It's yeah. going to be a good platform. Oh, yeah. It, it is. And maybe I'm talking slightly as a dad here because there's some good titles I can watch my kids. Exactly, uh, yeah. For sure. But I'm on board with it. And with that, sort of, that's the end of the streaming news. I kind of just wanted to bring us... Round us off on that bit, because we have, surprisingly, I say we, you, uh, managed to find in your ill state a couple of uh, half-decent meaty bits this no, week. No, these are not really that half-decent. No, that's why I've only given us uh, <laughs> less than nine minutes no, of the last no. hour to talk about it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. So what's the, what's the first one, then? What we got? Right, so Rosie, hang on. Rosario Dawson. Yeah, you do this bit. Yeah, Rosario... <laughs> yeah, especially because I don't know the next one. Rosario Dawson is joining Mandalorian Season 2 as Ahsoka Tano. I think I pronounced that right. And for those of you that don't know, that's Anakin's Padawan from the animated Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels series. To give you a little bit of background about the character, she was co-created by Dave Filoni who made his live-action directorial debut on the first season of Mandalorian. And we now know as well that he will be back for next season as well. Mm-hmm. And also, for next season, coming to the director's chair for it, for, well, for the next season, <laughs> for the new <laughs> season, is none other, we slightly half-mentioned him earlier in sort of the uh, the schlocky films, is oh, yeah. Robert Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah, yeah, king a, of the schlocky films. <laughs> exactly, yeah, king of the schlocky films. So... That kind of seems like a good fit for the series. I say that. I haven't actually watched the series, but I'm assuming you're not because... Watched, you're not watching Mandalorian No, I'm waiting until the 24th. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. you oh, haven't well, seen no, it because no, you're UK-based. Yeah, exactly. So. It wasn't released yet. Yeah, exactly. So, and we're yeah, not exactly. condoning you, you find any other way of, of seeing well, it. I'm saying it's a great fit because 
the Mandalorian is kind of a, like a space western. It, from what I've seen, I can you yeah, can tell. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly like a space is. western. You know yeah. what I mean? What like when one we used to say, "Oh, Star Wars is a western." You know, it's a samurai movie. Don't give me it's a western. Ah. But samurai movies, so we're talking about the seven... Samurai. Uh, yeah, the seven, seven samurai. Yeah, but... yeah, Which exactly. was the precursor to westerns. Yeah, but uh, people go, oh, it's a western. You go, well, no, the westerns... If you say, what's it like then? They go, Magnificent Seven. Go, that's a samurai movie. That's not a cowboy yeah. movie. It's yeah, Magnificent Seven is a remake of... Seven Samurai, Yeah, exactly. Seven Samurai, yeah. And Hidden Fortress as well is a bit in there as well. It's yeah. like, no, he took. He didn't take things from the westerns. He took things from Kaosawa. Kaosawa. So it's yeah. more of a samurai movie. They've got flipping swords. <laughs> They've got light swords. Yes. Look at, look at Darth Vader. He's a samurai. He's not a cowboy, is he? No one rides a horse in Star Wars. Don't give me this cowboy stuff. Anyone who says that should not be allowed to teach film because they're an idiot. Although I have... I've had so many fights with people when I was younger <laughs> who did film studies. I'd just sit there for hours going, no, just because your teacher told you he's working in a college because he yeah. doesn't know how to direct films. If he knew anything about films, he'd be working in film, wouldn't he? He wouldn't be teaching a college students in Havering about film. Exactly. Leave it alone. It's not a cowboy movie. No, it's not a cowboy movie, Gary. I'm not going to argue that. I can see it in your eyes. Not a cowboy movie. I might have a few anyway. But I am going to agree with you on that note, purely for the very great point you said, if you were that good at making films, you wouldn't be teaching people. I remember when I was doing my degree and I was looking around going, why am I listening to you? You didn't make it in the industry. What are you going to teach me? You, oh, yeah. You can't make anything. So I must admit, on that note, you've won the argument that it is not uh, a Western. It's a samurai film. And with that in mind, talk to me about your other bit of meeting news. Because again, I, I don't actually, I don't know anything about this series other than what the two main characters look like. That's all I know. Oh, right, I, okay. I don't know anything else. And what are we talking about? Right. So the film called Lovebirds that was going to come out. It's not a series. That's what clearly I was <laughs> exactly, wrong there. Yeah. Uh, so how do you know what they look like? If you think it was a series? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I've seen the title. I was in the poster. I think. Oh, right, okay. When I did, I think maybe when I was putting. Something to give her for the news. Oh, right, okay, right. So, Lovebird, which was going to be released by Paramount. Okay. It scars uh, Camille Nanjiani. Yep, from Silicon Valley fame. Silicon Valley fame, uh, for upcoming Eternals movie. Yes, yes. And he was in The Big Sick. Yes, yes, he was. I've still not seen The Big Sick. You've not seen The Big Sick. I was really I, good. You say that to me every time. I really need to watch it. Yeah, no. I, I've always been a fan of Camille since he used to do a podcast about video games called Indoor Kids. Oh, right, yeah. And, uh, and he used to always meltdown his ways involved like the nerdy sort of people, so yeah. I've always known who he was. He's also a pretty good stand-up comedian. I know, exactly, yeah, yes. So, yeah. um, and he was just, uh, the Big Sick was a dramatisation of a real-life story about how he met his wife. Oh, okay. That actually so. really did happen. She did. She went into a coma and he had to meet her parents and talk to her parents even though he hardly even knew who she was. They'd wow. They'd only been like three or four days. Oh, wow. That sounds brilliant. Okay, I'm definitely going to watch it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and okay. that film was directed by Michael Showalter. Okay. Who um, was on The State. Was he on The State or was he on the other one? He was on The State, yeah. If you say so. <laughs> he was on The if State, If you yeah. say so. And, uh, he yep. was, yeah, so they've worked together on that. So they've worked together again on this. It's called Lovebirds. And it's him and... Uh, it's a Ray from Insecure. This is a, Insecure. Yeah, which is a HBO program. Oh, okay. That makes sense why I haven't seen it. Yeah, so they're like lovers. They're in love. Mm -hmm. They're driving down the are they, street. Are they possibly lovebirds? Exactly. They're driving down the street and they hear a guy. Oh. He goes over the top of them. So Geezer jumps in the back of the car and goes, I'm accommodating his vehicle. Follow that man. What? So they follow that guy and then that leads them to get into all sorts of trouble. They get involved in a murder mystery. But they're laid up on the run. 
and it's a better murder mystery than the film Murder Mystery that's on Netflix. Oh, well, that's the Adam Sandler. Because yeah, this one, one, you watch yeah. the trailer, this one's actually funny. You're, no, hang yeah. on a second. A comedy coming out on Netflix that is actually funny. We didn't get to that bit yet. That actually is coming to Netflix now. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I do, I do apologise. Oh, no, but it's, right, yeah, so it's going to be, yeah. So Netflix have bought it from Paramount. With Paramount seem to do that now. If they've got a movie, yeah. they, um, then they'll just give it to Netflix because Cloverfield, whatever it was called, not Cloverfield Lane, the one after it. Paradox. Paradox, yes, exactly. They they just gave that to Netflix, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. It was no, and no I think discussion. there was another one as well they did. So they've done a couple of them now where they just go, yeah, Netflix, you can have that. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few months we see a number of other companies doing those. I don't think the video on demand system's going to work that well. And I can see a lot of these companies saying, you know what, let's just sell it. Let's just sell it to Netflix. Yeah, exactly. If we yeah. can't distribute it, why spend the money doing it ourselves? We'll make the same amount just giving it to them. I think we'll see more of that, but this one does sound like like a good start. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like it sounds like a really... I mean, remember the beginning, the first episode, I think we said Disney had a great year last year. This year's not going to be so good. They've got these things coming. They might have to delay, like, Mulan yeah. from China, and now it's delayed completely. Yeah, it is. And like... it looks like it's going to be a terrible year for the cinema. Well, they've just recorded a 95% loss year on year. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the exact figure. Ninety-five percent loss in in takings year on year. That has never happened, never. And this is an industry that's been in decline. It can't. I, I personally don't know how. It, it, I don't think the cinema industry will ever get back to where it was. No, of course not. And definitely not. I mean, they've been trying things like your four D experiences and things like that. And trying. They haven't tried double billing for a while. They should try that. But they've been trying all these different ways, the the unlimited passes and things like that yeah. to watch mm-hmm. films, trying to turn it into a little bit more of a kind of sort of Netflixy subscription-based service. Mm-hmm. None of it's working. None of it's working. And now if you're going to introduce things that are going to allow people to stay at home and, and just kind of like, I suppose, take away that, prestige of having to go to cinema yes to exactly yeah. to have that conversation you've got to go to cinema the moment that's gone the cinema industry is gone and it's a shame it really mm-hmm. is a shame but then it might breed more creativity because there's a lot of costs involved in distributing a film for the, the yeah. mm-hmm. theatrical sort of like release model maybe we'll get more of the jokers You know what time it is, don't you, Gary? It's uh, ten, eight minutes past ten, nearly nine minutes past. So it's time for Dale's Comic Book Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's just... <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have said that with less energy if you tried. <laughs> it was like, hang on a second. How, how are you expelling oxygen and yet still seeming like you're not alive at the moment? How are you doing that? Like, how are the noises... So as I mentioned earlier... <laughs> I know, it was like a flashback to your first episode. <laughs> Hi, people. My name's Terrell. <laughs> um, as I mentioned earlier... <laughs> yeah, please don't. Stop it. Stop it. I can't even stand it. Stop Rick it. Remender. Come on, come on. We all love comic book corners. As on, I mentioned on. earlier, Rick yeah. Remender yes. is one of my favourite comic book writers. We were talking about Deadly Class earlier. Yeah, yeah. This comic book corner is not about Deadly Class. Oh. But this is just talking about the book that got him... On my radar. Oh. This is how I learned about yeah. Rick Remender. Because I used to listen to comic book podcasts. Yeah. I used to talk about some of the stuff he did before. 
I wasn't really into that stuff though. Right, yeah. Some independent sort of stuff, but you know. Yeah. No, so, but didn't he, tickle your pickle. No, it didn't tickle my pickle. But he came to Marvel. Yeah. And when he came to Marvel, they gave him X Force. Hey. So X Force. Yep. Um, started off in the extreme nineties. Ooh. The extreme nights, all guns and you know what I mean. Oh yeah, um, yeah the big guns and the yeah. time travel. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, it was yeah. it's an evolution of uh, New Mutants. Have you heard of New Mutants? Yes, I have. Yeah, there's a yeah. film coming out. There is. Uh, we've the maybe Aya Stark. What's her name? Um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Well, she she's playing the, one of the leads, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. well, that was originally a book. Macy Williams. That's yeah, the, those characters, most of those characters are, were in New Mutants yeah. at the time, okay. where a guy called Rob Liefeld came along. Okay. Now, Rob Liefeld is one of the big sort of rock stars of co- the comic book industry. Oh, right. He would later leave Marvel and go for full image. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So, which, which, of course, then would go on to be sold to DC, so they, no. they, they, did Image not get sold to DC? No. What happened was, when Image started, yeah. all the comic book creators who left Marvel had yeah. their own individual imprints in it. Right, okay. So Jim Lee had Wildstorm, um, Tom McFlan, Farlan had Spawn. Yeah. Rob, 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 Rob the Liefeld had Extreme. Oh, he, Extreme. He, he, even his own, his own <laughs> thing was called Extreme, yeah. That's and, brilliant. Uh, Jim Lee sold Wildstorm to DC. Right. Okay. okay. Yes. So, so it was, did they all own their own individual? Yes. Titles? Own, yes. That... Exactly. Through the image imprint. Oh. Okay. And that's how image imprint works today. You go there with your own titles. They publish them for you. They publish not... The Walking Dead. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, most that inde- seems like the way to do it to me. A lot of independent comic books now are released through image. Rick Remender's comic books. The Dead Class. What we were talking about earlier. Yeah. That was released through Image Comics. Oh, okay, okay. So, well, I said, look, I'll tell you what, that, I mean, it was not necessarily directly about this comic, but I've got to be honest, I was quite interested to hear about how that distribution model works. I think yeah, exactly. It's That's... quite good for creatives. Yes, exactly. So, But then Rob Liefeld, as I was saying, took over the new mutants. Right, yeah. It started to not sell as well as it did in its heyday. It started to come down, so they got Rob Liefeld on. He came on, he made it extreme. He brought Cable into it. Right, yeah, I remember. And he brought yeah. Deadpool into it. Deadpool and Cable both featured in New Mutants first. They're not in their own separate title. No, no, they were both in. Oh, because they, they did have in. their own separate title, didn't they? Eventually, yes. Yeah. But when, when they first started, they were both in New Mutants. Oh, interesting. Uh, Cable was the ultimate tough guy. He had a shaved, you know, like silver hair. He had a robotic eye, robotic arm, pouches everywhere, a gun, even though he was a mutant. Why didn't he need a gun? I never understood why he needed a gun. Because he's extreme. <laughs> Gary, he's extreme. He's extreme. <laughs> so Rob Liefeld took over the New Mutants. Right. Eventually morphed, you know, Stopped it and they restarted it as X-Force. Right, okay, yeah. And it went on to be one of the best-selling comic books of all time. I think X-Force 1 sold like a million copies. That started, is a lot. It started the collector's market, basically, which will eventually lead to the crash of Marvel, as we mentioned, if you go back and listen to our... Um, Inhumans. Inhumans, episode. yes. Yeah, it led to everything that came afterwards anyway. Yeah. So it went for a while. It, it sort of had a couple of different versions they sort of keep bringing it back different ways. One yeah. time they were reality TV stars, and then it got changed to it got, got changed its name to Ecstatics instead of X Force at one point. All oh, right, yeah. But in about 2010, they got Rick Remender on, and he took over X Force. And the season the series before it, before we took over, when it was yeah. just called X Force, his one was called Uncanny X Force. They were a Black Ops team, all oh, right, led by uh, Wolverine. Oh, okay. And so, like, and this was before he took over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he took over, he used that same theme. Wolverine's leading the black, black, uh, black ops, ops team. team. Yes, and it's him. It's a uh, 
the body sock uh, body shock body swap assassin oh, body swap assassin yeah psychic ninja psylocke oh yeah it's a archangel or an angel yeah okay yeah. who was a former horseman of the apocalypse and original x-men yes original x-men yes um who else was on the team deadpool of course, yeah, as, as you've mentioned. Yeah. As Deadpool. As, as de- wow, that is uh, a revelation. Phantom X, who was a creation of Grant Morrison, who appeared in New X-Men. Oh, okay. He's like a Weapon X experiment. He was a Sentinel. Yeah. He's kind of, he's a virtually French. He's virtually French? Yes, because even though he's was created in England, yeah. he was brought up in this place called The World. Right, okay, yeah. And the world, you can grow up through, like, super quickly. Okay. So it was like a matter, because there's no time or space gets changed there. So yeah. it was like, in 10 years, he'd grown 20 years. Oh, right. But in the world, he was in France, even though it's not France. Right, okay, I get what you're saying. So even though physically he was in France, because of the world he grew up in, it was in France. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They okay, made it sense. feel like he was in France. Yeah, okay. I th- I, honestly, you got, I could have sat here for a year and not guessed that that's, <laughs> exactly. that's what you were going to mean by mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. And so these, they're the team together. And then, like, in the first arc, what they've got to do is they've got to hunt down Apocalypse. That's they've a pretty heard, big deal. Yeah, exactly. They've heard Apocalypse is back alive again. So they're going to try to kill him yeah. before he gets his grip on everything yeah. and tries to take over the world again. Isn't, isn't that always the storyline of Apocalypse? We've heard he's back alive again. Better go kill him before he gets a grip. Yeah. yeah well, no, because the X-Men are not uh, reactive, not proactive. The whole point of the X-Force is they're doing something without anyone knowing. So That's very true, yeah. So they're going to go in there, kill Apocalypse without anyone knowing and stop it from ever happening. Yeah. But the problem is when they get to Apocalypse, Ooh. he's a child. <gasps> He's not the full-grown monster that everyone knows about. He's a young boy called Evan. Oh, so it's like the, the, the age-old question, if you could go back in time. Him. Yeah, exactly. And, and, he, and, and obviously the question is always Hitler, isn't it? Yeah. And if he was a baby, could you do it? Exactly. You know, so uh, this is the story. Because like, Apocalypse, when he dies, they have to regrow him a new body yeah. and put his, put his new soul into a body. Yeah. Eventually, Cable, who when he first died was a bit of an enigma, but it's because yeah. they didn't really know... He didn't really have a storyline for him. Yeah, I worked So, out. so they, they started compounding the storyline for him back and forth, he, who he was, what he was. Was he already, uh, when he first appeared, was he already Jean Grey and Scott No. Sons? No. No. Oh, okay. We didn't, you didn't know. You didn't know anything about it. Oh, so that's, we didn't even know that. Okay. No, that's, no. That's... I think later on they sort of added things to it to make him. Yeah. That's what they said he was. Eventually, the W is Jean Grey's. And the whole point was in the future, he was going to be used as the new body for Apocalypse. Of course, yeah, that would, yeah. And we didn't know that to start with. No, this we didn't know that. story comes out through yeah, X-Force. Yeah, yeah. yeah, gradually through time yeah. to find out about that. So, yeah. so there's a bit of Apocalypse always being needing a new body to regenerate into. Yeah. That's how he survived so long because he was the first mutant. He was yeah. from ancient Egypt. So Yeah, exactly, yeah. So so they go to, so when they get to him and they find he's a child, what do you do? Weird. So that's the moral quandary sort of thing of the yeah, first exactly, arc. Yeah, And that splints off and leaves everything that goes on further. Through the whole storyline. Yeah. So, so they don't take... I'm assuming that they don't take him out because you can't. You know, like... Well, you'd have to read the first arc to find out. I'm not going to tell Ooh. you now. That's giving the game away. Oh, I like it. I like it. I'll tell you what. You could have a job selling comics. <laughs> I'll tell you. Because <laughs> this is now your third week in a row where you're telling me one of your... Either one you found recently or a comic that, that you've fallen in love with. And I'm sitting here thinking... I know, I want to go read that. Uncanny X-Force, when I was reading it, it still is one of my favourite X-Men stories. Yeah. Because it actually, because it only lasts 35 issues. 
Which is quite a short run. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's quite a short run. And so all the arcs, and this was a prime decompression time where each six issues was like an arc. Oh, really? Because everything's written for the trade. So you get six <laughs> issues of one storyline and six issues of another storyline, but they all sort of interconnect along the way. Yeah. Interconnect. Look, that's how bad I was. You <laughs> say interconnect. interconnect. Anyway, so they all interconnect along the way. Yeah. And so the first seat, the first. This one of the things I loved about it, when you first read the first arc yeah. is the art by Jamon Apinia. Right, okay. It's kind of weirdy. It's, I don't know, it's kind of organic-y looking. I think that's the word for it. I'm not too sure how to explain it. Mm. Um, like with the last couple of things we talked about, like really cartoony, strong lines, curvy, like yeah. for like the last um, unnatural. Yeah. Very straight, sort of very connect lines for crowded. This line work is very bulbous and very thing. No, nothing's pretty. Cyclock, who's the psychic ninja, who's Asian, yeah. has always been drawn very by Jim Lee. Yeah, just why Jim Lee changed her to a ninja for so he could draw her as a ninja. Yeah, always wearing like a very bodysuit, very like you know boobs and bum. This is Psylocke. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And she always wore like a uh, purple leotard, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so, and is this, she's still sort of drawn like that with Jermona Pena, but she's not, she just looks like a woman now. She's not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing cheesecakey about it. Nothing, there's nothing pretty about his work, but it's very detailed. And I say it's very organic. Like they drive about in a spaceship that's linked to Femex's mind. Right. And it's like a big circle thing. And the things that go on their head look like space huggers, space huggers oh, that are controlling them and things like that. Yeah. And uh, there's also the horsemen of apocalypse are in this Obviously, because it's apocalypse. Story, yeah, of right? course. Yeah. So there are horsemen of apocalypse, and one's a giant minotaur, and he looks like a giant minotaur, and he's very gruff and very. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check this out. So the art, so that, so, 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 so when it starts, it's very attention grabbing from the very start. Mm. Go, oh, this is a bit different. Yeah. As to the sort of theme, because it's a very deep and dark and grimy sort of series. Yeah. And then Rick Mendes is a great writer, so the dialogue's for terrific. All the characters are, are brilliant. I love Cyclock. Yeah. She's one of my favourite characters. Yeah. Uh, well, the first X-Men book I ever read was about Cyclock. And so I said she was body swapped. She could, she is a body swap or can body no, swap. No, she was body swapped. Oh, okay. Tell me a little bit more. Because Psylocke is Betty Braddock. Right. And Betty Braddock is obviously um, Brian Braddock's twin sister. Uh, obviously. Obviously. You know who Brian Braddock is? No. <laughs> Brian Braddock is uh, Captain Britain. Captain Britain. I did know that, actually. Yes, yeah. I did know that. So he's yeah. got a twin sister called Betty Pradock. Right, yeah. Why is she an Asian ninja for? I don't... So instead I, of being a British girl. It doesn't make any sense to me so far. No, so this book, like the first comic book I ever got, yeah. X-Men comic book I sort of ever read when I first started collecting, was all about how they swapped over. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I get what you're saying now. So who she is, she is the twin of, of, of Captain Britain, yeah. but she, her body has been swapped. Swapped with an Asian bird, yes. Ah, okay. So yeah. this was about the, the, the body swap and exactly what happened. Yeah. He, uh, actually, recently, she's been swapped back again. Uh, back into Betty Braddock's original body? Yes, exactly. So oh, back in her original body now. And what made... And she's Captain Britain now, funny enough. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, interesting. In Excalibur. Read Excalibur. Really good. Okay, no, well, I'll, I may, I'll, no, I'm not going to give that a read because I'm going to wait for Daryl's Comic Corner Tell me why I should read Excalibur. Uh, Excalibur is really crazy because it's all ma magic and mutants as well. So it's a bit, whew, that oh, one anyway. So Sounds like a bit of me. Exactly. So, but unfortunately, and obviously, yeah, so she's really well written. The book actually, you think it's going to be like a Wolverine-led book, but eventually it actually turns into a Cyclops-written book. Because ah, so she's the heart and the soul because she's the one who's saying, should we do this? 
are we just better and worse than killers? Yeah. Um, Angel's having a bit of a crisis because he's changing into Archangel. Oh. Who was the horseman of apocalypse? Yeah, so he's turning yeah. sort of evil. He can't control these urges. Yeah. They were their former lovers or still lovers. So she's trying to help him cope with that. Fatler Max is just hitting on her constantly, <laughs> trying to get into her knickers. Yes, because he's French. Yeah. He's like, hello. <laughs> but you think so, Clock? You should leave. You should leave him and go with me. And he's like, leave me alone. <laughs> no, you know you want to. No, no, I don't. Could Look you do? Could you do a French accent without picturing Petty Le Pou? No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing Petty Le Pou. I'm doing Gamble Le Beau. Oh. I'm doing Benny Le Beau. I'm doing oh. Gabet. Hello. Mon ami. Mon ami, mademoiselle. Vogue. I never. I never understood that Cajun accent when I was growing up. I never, never got it. I was like, I don't, is that how people speak in the deep? Because I thought Cajun accents, where are they? New Orleans? Is yeah, that like, yeah, yeah something like French, that. Yeah. yeah, and I, I just thought, oh, that must be how everybody in the deep South America speaks. No, no. Yeah, I was in for a big it's, uh, Adam Sandler's Cajun character. I mean, he's just a bit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah, actually, not a bad shout. Not a bad shout. So, okay. So the book evolved over time. Originally, uh, we had X-Force that was was this team, and, and over time they, they brought, I suppose, more of a story to Cable. They made it less about Wolverine and more about Psylocke because she was the heart, she was the conscience. Well, no, this was always what he was going to do. Oh, OK, it was always he was, Yeah, he, he had to put Wolverine in it to sell it. Yeah, like, like we always said about the X-Men films. You yeah, know, yeah, he had to put Wolverine in it, yeah. so they put Wolverine in it, but he knew that it was really going to be Psylocke's book, really. So, yeah. And that's why I liked, because I like Psylocke. Well, yeah. I say he he's one of the only people who can write Phantom X, so that was that was well done. Yeah. Some people, some loads of people can't write Phantom X. It's him and Grant Morrison. Yeah. Who write Phantom X? Um, Doesn't sound like an easy character to write. No, exactly. So let me get this, if I remember rightly, he's a Sentinel. Yes. Uh, that's also what was the other thing about? He was a Sentinel that a Weapon X. Sentinel. A Weapon X Sentinel. That's right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So a Weapon X Sentinel that was also grown up in a fake French world. Yes, and yeah. he rides a ship, a live ship called Eva, that's also part of his own brain. Oh, that's brilliant. Like <laughs> a giant <laughs> circle with tentacles. Yeah. I don't know how and people like stuff like this. he's got psychic shielding as well and things like that. Oh, that's fantastic. And he's sort of like a thief as well because he's based on Diablix and Phanimus who are like two French, one's a French thief, one's yeah. a French, I think it might be Italian. So he's based on those sort of yeah. cat, cat burger sort of characters that oh, were nice. popular in French. And is that concerts? his whole thing is that he gets them into places and or what, what kind of, or is he the muscle because he's a sentinel? No, he's not really a muscle. He's like, he wears like a trench coat and a thing. He's basically Gambit. <laughs> is he, I was going to say, he's starting to sound a little bit like Gambit. He's a bit, a bit of Gambit, but with a little bit of sort of less fifi and a little bit more sort of knowledge. Yeah, I like it. I so, like it. so you've got him, and as I say, you've got Angel dealing with his things. And then Deadpool, he just writes as a crazy madman who's always talking to himself. Like he's breaking the fourth wall, but he's not really, he's just insane. Yeah, was, oh, okay, so... Had Deadpool been written before this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And had he been written that way before? He'd been written as as Ryan Reynolds right, plays him in... Oh, right, prior to the X-Force. Yeah. The original New Mutants, when he first came out, he was just a, a, a dead, uh, Deathlock the Terminator. Deathstroke the Terminator ripoff. Right, okay. Deathstroke the Terminator's real name was Slade Wilson. Right. So his name's Wade Wilson. That's right, of course exactly. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was just that, riff off of that, and he didn't really have that sort of breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. It wasn't until some other guy wrote him in his own comic book later on that he started doing all that breaking yeah. the fourth wall stuff. Yeah. But then when Rick Remender wrote him, he's just always talking to himself, and he's just, 
he's just mental. Yeah. He's just going insane. So he's just always talking to himself and everything. But he's not like witty or Ryan Reynolds. He's just yeah. like someone who's gone insane. <laughs> well, yeah, it's because he's so schizophrenic whole... or something. He's talk- more of a schizophrenic than he is. Well, that's, that's his whole thing. For those that aren't, what? If you're listening, to this, aware of I Dave, about, I, honestly, I was about to do that. I'm like, if you're listening to Daryl's comment corner, you know about Deadpool. Yeah, same, same. You understand? Like yeah. in real life, if, you, if someone like Deadpool was talking and breaking the fourth wall and everything, he would be mental. He'd be schizophrenic. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't of course, be talking yeah. to. So he's written like he's schizophrenic in this, yeah, which mate. is the right way because I don't like Deadpool. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also, death means something in this book. Rick Remender loves playing with death. He loves using it as a point in the book yeah that actually people die in comic books all the time and it's losing all meaning but he used it to mean something yeah if you die you die it has consequences it means something yeah so these are things they wrestle with because they're a black ops team so they've got to basically try to kill people i mean they're there to kill a pocket make sure you think so these are things they wrestle with through the whole book yeah the morality of it all exactly the morality of it all yeah exactly so so all these things and it just got a Big storyline that sort of runs through it and it goes somewhere and it, there's a reason for it. Yeah. And the last sort of book, the last sort of arc as it comes up is brilliant. So it builds up to a really great finale. So that's everything I like about it. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, what happens in that finale? I'm like, no, I'm just read it. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Be, it wouldn't tell me what happens at the beginning in issue one. It's not yeah. going to tell me what happens. So it yet. did have some problems though. Oh, did it? Uh, Jamona Pina can't draw that fast, can't keep a deadline. Right. So they had to get various artists in and it's always a different artist. It's not, they didn't have him and another artist swap back and forth. So they had people, so it started getting a little bit uneven in the art, which yeah. kind of lets it down. Yeah. He does the first arc, Issa Bredick, who's a great, who's also a really good artist in a similar sort of vein to Jamona Pena. Yeah. That's the second arc. Right. So they're good. But then you get people like um, Greg Tocchini, Tocchini, who Rick Remender loves because he's worked with him later on on a thing called The Fall. Oh, no, what's it called? No, it's not called The Fall. Anyway, they've worked together on a comic book themselves. Yeah. I do not like his art. It's a bit too florally for me. It's a bit too out of there. Right. There's okay. no defined lines. It's all yeah. a little bit too. And that, that arc's called The Other World, he wrote. Right. Which is about the world where um, Captain Britain draws his power from. Right, the mythical world, yep. Yeah, so that's all a bit weird and wonderful anyway. So yeah. it's sort of suited, his art suited that arc. Yeah. But that arc always felt really unimportant to me. It's my least favourite arc. It always felt like it was a detour from the story. Right. And the art sort of goes with it and I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. Some people like his art. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I just can't. I think it's like, um, oh, why can I not remember? Well, I shouldn't be saying this, I can't remember. Wes Anderson. Some people don't like his visual styling. And if you don't like Wes Anderson's visual styling, which is the same in everything, it's basically watching theatre production yeah, exactly, in yeah. front of you. If you don't like that, you're not going to like his films. I love his his visual but production. This is more out there. This is like a paint, like a you looking at a uh, impressionist painting more than it is oh, anything okay. else. So yeah, so really, so you really have to be into that sort of thing. So, yeah. and then there's Billy Tan. Billy Tan. Billy Tan is one of the ice, and you look at his arc. He's only two issues, and you're like, oh, please don't. But he said this to anyone. He's, like, he's so average at oh. best. All the other are, even as I say, Greg Yatoshi's art, he's out there. And this guy's average. He's so average at best that you feel like this just feels like a DC comic book. This feels like nothing. Uh, and for those that aren't aware, Daryl is not a DC fan. <laughs> no, exactly. So, so that was that. And then it was running for 35 issues and then it got cancelled or relaunched because they started Marvel now. They had to keep relaunching. Yeah, and they yeah. took Rick Remender off of it and everyone's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And they gave him Ultimate Avengers. 
Is it any good? No, not Ultimate Avengers. Uncanny Avengers. I was going to say, yeah. Ultimate's not meant to be very and good, un- is it? Uncanny Avengers was uh, some people from X-Men and some people from uh, the Avengers teaming together to make a unity group to try to sort of get them back in together again. Yeah, yeah. And basically what he did is all the storylines he was going to use for Uncanny X-Force. Yeah. He took some of them sort of storylines and reapplied them to Uncanny Avengers. Yeah. But it was sort of a bit more light and a little bit more brighter. Well, it has to be. It's got the Avengers in it. Exactly. Yeah. So so those storylines sort of did work their way through that as well. Mm. But I wish they'd just carried him on Xbox and not took him off. Yeah. Because then they relaunch it after 35, a new Uncanny Xbox, and it's Sam Humphreys writing it. Yeah. It was a sort of a new sort of guy coming in. And it wasn't very good. Oh. It, was, it was Storm, there was Cyclops, there was Puck. I think there's a history of that as I'm learning from from you learning more and more about comics it does seem to be a history of good writers having good runs and their runs being pulled too soon yeah to, they always to pulled too soon other titles. he was there was a rumour that he was going to get the whole X-Men line through himself right to do what he wanted to do with it yeah. and sort of take in the, gen- the general yeah. direction but somehow he fell out with Marvel left went to Image and started doing his own comics on his own yeah well it doesn't seem like that's worked out too badly for him no no exactly the, we'll do Black Science one day which is another great book of his yeah so we'll be talking about some other stuff as well from yeah. Rick Remender. So go out there. You can get there. It's only, I think it's only two um, volumes. Oh, right. Or maybe three volumes of the trades to get them all together to yeah. read the whole thing. And it is fantastic. I'm going to say, there are some, I'd like, if there was more of a sort of standardised art all the way through, it would have helped it tremendously. But at the time. Yeah, look, you, you have to work with what you've got. And the fact that they've, they've, Ran a, an issue with a, a continuously, a continuous and evolving storyline over thirty-five issues. Yes, exactly. I, I think that's quite an achievement. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to say, look, this is one of the first titles you ever ever spoke to me about, and and I remember it's it's what one of my first introductions to X Men uh, was through the X Men. I remember hearing about it from you guys, and that certainly got me interested. So hearing about it a few years later, I'm like, okay, I really have got to read this. And <laughs> now I really, really yeah, exactly. think so. But, and especially is because I've been doing my anime, I've started to get more and more appreciation for art work, which, which I never used to have. Um, but I'm definitely, I'm going to give this a go. And just to confirm for those listening, the, this week's Comic Corner, and your recommendation is Uncanny X-Force. But the Uncanny X-Force written by Rick Remender. Which is the first run up into the, the first 36 issues. First 35 issues. 30, 35, sorry. Yeah, but then it gets relaunched and gets back to one. So Marvel now released everything back to one again, okay, which so is we stupid. The first run, Uncanny X-Force, from um, Rick Remender, yeah? Yes, Rick Remender. Rick Remender. And as we bring that part of the show, my favourite part, because I do love hearing about comics, we're going to move on to the next part of the show. And because it's 32 minutes past 10... And I'm not going to give Daryl the opportunity to ruin it for me this time. You know what that means? It's Otaku O'Clock. That's right. Despite the pandemic and me being ill this week, still a little bit right now, I didn't want to let my fan down. That's right, my singular fan. And because we're all going to be going into isolation soon, I went out in search of some new anime you can watch. Now, when I say I went out, I mean I called and asked Daryl. And this week, he suggested none other than Darwin's Game, 
What's that I hear? Nobody asking? <laughs> well, let me tell you. What is that? What is Darwin's game now? I've ruined no, your no, you've now. ruined it. it. You've ruined it. Now I've got but somebody else. the person who asked. Exactly. The, the man who asked the questions. The man who asked the questions about the that things. That nobody wanted to know. <laughs> exactly. About the things that he told me about in the first place. <laughs> so, look, the first thing each week I want to get out of the way, just to make it clear, is a simple question for any series I'm going to review, because I go in blind, I don't know what it is before I put the first episode on. So the first question that always comes to me is, Shonen or Nomen? Shonen or Nomen? Shonen or Nomen? And this one is a Shonen. It's a Shonen. And that what it means is, Shonen magazines, for those that aren't aware, traditionally are created for teenage boys. That was the yeah, traditional like market. the superhero books of Japan. Of Japan, yeah. It's not the case anymore. Of course, the audience has evolved, the audience has aged, but certainly there's a lot of tropes that come with that. So by telling you it's shonen, you know it's going to be a series that is led by a male protagonist and there's going to be a lot of anime tropes. And fighting. And lots and lots of fighting with superpowers, magic, and a woman that is hopelessly in love with the main character. For Usually no apparent hope. reason, even for, though... For no reason, and this is it's no different to that. Now, as I said, this is a Shonen series. It was really written and illustrated by Flip Flops. I haven't really... I, I couldn't see any huge... Sorry, Nexus is the one that made the anime. Right, so okay. Flip Flops wrote the manga series. Right, the manga cut. Nexus did the anime TV series. Right. But I couldn't really see any big hits of theirs. So I, I couldn't really find you like, if you like this by them, you'll like that. No, they're no... This is going to be their Project first IG real big hit. If you want to know the, the players behind it, it's directed by uh, Yoshinobu Tokamoto. Tokamoto. Written by uh, Shui Mayama. Shui Mayama. is the original creator of the manga series. The animation studio, as we said, is Nexus. This is probably their biggest hit so far. Right, okay. Uh, and character designs by Kazuya... Nakanishi. So the reason I mention that is if those names mean anything to you, you might say, oh, I like their work in that. Yeah, mm -hmm. We'll go off and do that. Now, the first time I did an anime review, okay, or actually any reviews, I was reading the IMDb synopsis. And our silent guest host, who unfortunately couldn't do his trailer breakdown this week because there hasn't been any trailers for Because he's got the corona. And he's got the corona. I don't know if you, hang on, if, can you hear him coughing? No, he even silently coughs. He's amazing, people. He's the best guest co-host we've ever had. So he told me that I don't want to hear the IMDb synopsis. I can go read that. He said, I want to hear your synopsis. And I, and I went, okay, I'll do that. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I will write a synopsis. I'll go watch the show. I won't read any reviews. I won't read anything about it. I'll literally get the title. I'll go watch it. Three episodes, four episodes. Then I'll write a synopsis before I look at anything online. Mm -hmm. And this is the first proper one I've done. So here goes. Right, here we go, because <laughs> I'm interested. So. Right. Konami, a, you'll never guess it, high school student. Whoa, oh, hey. a high school student. Get the tropes in their nice and early. Gets invited to play an app called Darwin's Game by his friend Hanama. An innocuous looking, free to play game. What harm could it do, he says. Exactly. A lot is the answer. After unwittingly accepting the invitation to play, Konami awakes to find himself in a world of trouble, one that at times seems to defy the very laws of physics itself, especially with the use of sigils. That is hard sigil. to say because it is not spelt the way it's pronounced. Sigil. It's sigils. Sigil. Yeah. Sigils. Yeah. Now thrust into a game of death 
Pacifist Konami must figure out this game with constant inner monologues, all whilst dealing with multiple people trying to kill him, new friends and foes alike. Can he stay awake? Can he stay awake? <laughs> no. Daryl stays, because I'm looking at you falling asleep over there. <laughs> Can he stay alive long enough to work out how this game works and will he be forced to kill to live? Ooh. 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 So that is my synopsis. And apparently after I wrote that, I read it to my partner who went onto a couple of sites and was convinced I'd nicked it. She said, oh, that's, okay. that's pretty pretty much in, in line with what everybody else had wrote. And I'm like, well, to be fair, I was writing it based on what I watched. Exactly, you're not going to write something nothing else to go on, so... You're not going to write something completely different, are you? You're not going to say, well, if Geezer's called Frank and he's like... He's not really with it, but he... Keeps... Did you read my first draft of, of my <laughs> synopsis? Because uh, yeah. that's what she said. He, she bought, was like, he Gary... bought all these... Uh, yeah. He bought all these... Um, I was going to go for a joke. Why am I letting you talk like this? Why do I keep doing it all so long? I'm so worried about what you're going to say. The kids find those teddy bears that everyone thought was going to be valuable and he blew his fortune on them and then they weren't worth nothing. So he took all the stuffing out of them and built a giant teddy bear and he used that to try to take over the world. What are you talking about? (laughs) I literally got no idea. Right, look. Because Daryl is slowly descending... Beanie Babies, that's the word. <laughs> that's the word. He bought Beanie Babies that weren't worth anything. I so he built a giant robot and then used the stuff in to make it look like a giant teddy bear. No, I don't know. No, <laughs> stop talking. No, okay? <laughs> Just no. Stop giving me that look either. Right, what we're going to do each week is because we... Not let Daryl speak. Yeah, not let Daryl speak. That would be a great one. We're trying to work out what's a good way to... Break down a review because I'm not going to watch the whole series. I haven't got time. No, no one's got time. But what I am going to do, we is have got to, time now. Yeah, well, yeah, we all got time now. But I am going to watch at least four episodes, and I'm half going to review those by telling you what was good and what was bad, what right, I liked okay. and what I didn't like, what glows and what blows. Exactly, Daryl. Exactly. And rather than do like a glow and a ladybird, ladybugs, they, they they, bugs, glow birds, what the? <laughs> and not Daryl. I tell you what blows is Daryl talking at the moment. So we're going to go through the glows. Okay, we're going to start with that. I'm going to tell you what I liked about it. And the first thing I liked about this show was the concept. It's a cool idea for ramping up the ante. It's all, that's one of the things that I've found with animes is they're always searching for it. What, what can we do to ramp up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need to bring an invasion in or we need to bring this in. It's like, well, no, the, the game itself is already ramping yeah, up. This like, you never know when yeah, somebody's exactly. going to be trying to kill you. This is like Nerve, that film Nerve or Guns Akimbo, as we say. Yeah. There's that idea that you're a game of death. Exactly. So the premise is that Darwin's... Or a game of meth. A game of meth if you were in Breaking Bad. But Darwin's game is, is it's more than just an app. That's the whole Blame point. Lame <laughs> and, and this is more than an attempt at me to do anime adventure, the relaunch, because this week I'm not ill, but Daryl's ill, and he's more of a petulant child than he ever is at the moment. So to make sure you know what I'm talking about, right, I'm going okay. to let you right, know. It's, so it's, it's not just an app. The moment that, that Konami clicks on it, it makes it very clear that because a snake comes out of his phone and bites him on the neck. Right, okay. It doesn't draw blood. But right. it does leave him with a gnarly tattoo that hasn't actually been explained since I've been right, watching okay, it. Yeah. But I assume it's some sort of identification. And when he awakes, from what I can imagine, is one hell of a, what did I do last night hangover? <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. It's, he's really trying to throw me off. And he awakes with a man in a panda baseball mascot suit called Banda or, as he's also known, the rookie hunter, standing over him or approaching him 
with a knife. Oh, right, okay. This is no free-to-play game, free to game at all. Right. The price is your life. Well, That's most free-to-play games, you've cost you your life because you end up is giving it to your kid and they end up charging like or, 15 dollars exactly. packages. Or, you, or like, like free radio is not really free because you end up bringing somebody on to co-host that just talks over your entire segments and makes no sense and starts bringing in random things like giant robots <laughs> that are stuffed with Beanie Baby cotton that's just... Yeah. But is there a bloke wearing a giant panda suit? Uh, no, he's wearing a giant panda helmet. Right, he's so, wearing a giant... Uh, a yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so that's a, that's a beanie baby. He's and, he, made... and he goes around chasing the new players of the game, the rookies, because, and why does he do this? Every player that plays yeah. this gets a sigil. Now, the idea behind the sigils is that they are unique to every player, oh, right, and okay. they're supposed to come to you instinctively. Right, okay. Except for our main character, Konami, because he needed a reason to in a monologue. Right, okay. I will get to that with my blows. Believe me, I'm going to get to that. Now, the thing about the Siege was said, they're all individual powers. Everybody has them. Um, and our main character, Konami, his one's called the Fire God's Hammer. Right, okay. And what that gives him is the ability to create weapons and simple objects of things he's touched. Mm -hmm. So, for example, he earns some points after his first win, his first oh, right, yeah. victory. Mm -hmm. And he gets a gun for it. It's a bonus. He gets sent it. Oh, okay. And because he's touched it, he can then reproduce it at any point oh, that he needs right. it. But it comes at a, like a stamina tax to him, yeah. anything mm -hmm. he makes. So, so that, that gives you an idea what these sigils are. You have um, Shuka, who is amazing. She's the, the main female lead, yeah. if you mm -hmm. like. She's also known as the undefeated queen. Mm -hmm. and, and she decimates an entire area of players all on her own. Yeah. And she has these chains with spikes on the end of them. Nice. A bit like Doc Ock, they're controlled of her mind. Yeah. So mm -hmm. she can shoot them off wherever she thinks. So if people are trying to run away and they do like a sharp turn, normally it just go in whatever direction she threw it. But mm -hmm. because she's controlled of her mind, it suddenly will spring around the corner and she uses them like webs and flies around like Spider-Man oh, right, okay, using yeah. them. She is amazing. Um, and that, that's unique to her. And then you have uh, Banda, the rookie hunter who can go invisible. Ah, camouflage. Right. That's why he chases the rookies. They can't see him. Ah. Is it's normally... But is it because he's a panda, though? No, it's nothing to do with his panda. He's wearing a baseball... He's a baseball mascot. Oh, right, OK. And he's wearing a baseball okay, outfit a with 666. So words that... Yeah, OK, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> to, so I love the, the, the Seedrill because it gives them creativity. They can yeah, do yeah, something exactly. Everyone's different. got an individual power. Exactly, and a reason for it as well. It's right, not, okay. You know, it's not, oh, we were born with this. It's like, no, the game gives you this power, but I think it's related to their personalities. Okay. That's, that's what I'm getting, because the Rookie Hunter was all about chasing after the people that were vulnerable. So his power was this camouflage. People couldn't see him. He could attack you last minute. No, but right, he's yeah. not a particularly skilled fighter, as you'll find out within the first episode. Okay. Which is 45 minutes long. My next glow, so glow number three. Right, okay. Okay, so we're going to keep count of these. Right, three. So, so, so we know at the end of it how many glows and how versus many how many blows. Right, okay. Right? My next one is Shuka. I, I've talked about her enough already. She is seriously cool. I mean, okay. seriously cool. As I said, she's like Doc Ock on meth. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, she is brilliant. But what's also great about her is... She kind of like. So she, uh, is it, she wears a little short skirt and she's got white panties on. You see a lot of it when she's up. No, funny enough, there's yeah, not as much skin as you like, but she is a total wetchy. A total wetchy. Oh, right, yeah, and yeah. if you don't know what that means, that's Japanese slang for playfully sexual yeah. in anime. She uses dirty. In the opening of uh, episode two, she's laying on the main character naked 
And he, okay. he's been passed out and he wakes up and she looks up at him. So this is the end of episode one. You find out what she means. Okay, episode right. two. She looks up and says, I want to start a family. When you open episode two, he's like, uh, uh, he's all being bashful because he's a high school student. Oh, he's yeah. He's naked woman he... on top of him saying, I want to start yeah, because... a family. What she actually means is a clan. Oh, right, she's okay. In, in the game, she wants to start a clan. Oh, right, okay. Like, which they call, is like being in the family. And apparently, when he's like, but why are you naked? She's like, well, I didn't want to crease my clothes. And I didn't want to get them all creased. And I was a bit hot, so I took my clothes off. And he's like, and, she's, and she looks at me like, wait, what did you think I meant when I said, let's start a family? And, and I'm, I'm naked laying on top of you. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what she's like the whole time. But the thing is, is that she, I, I get this feeling because she's wealthy. You right, get that okay. straight away. I mean, his inner monologues do not leave anything to chance. Right, yeah, he, he, tells you, you, he tells you everything you need to know. He tells you everything you need to know, and then some. But she's clearly wealthy because, as he says, she's got no reason. She doesn't need to play this game for the money. You know, she lives in a yeah. great apartment, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Which says to you that she's playing it either for a bloodlust because she's been forced into it. Yeah. You know, like what, either one or the other. But she clearly is one step ahead of him. Oh, yeah. She is smarter than he is, and oh. she's using him even though they are falling into that trope of making her somewhat obsessed with being, you know, like, I feel like she's going to become his second fiddle, even though yeah, oh, yeah. in the opening she's a far more interesting character than he is. Yeah, oh, yeah. Far more interesting. But you can't have a, a more interesting female character than a male character. Not in a shonen. In a shonen. No, no exactly. definitely not in a shonen. And it's a shame because the... Second female character we're introduced to. I haven't put her in a glow because I haven't seen enough of her in the first four episodes. But it's the information analyst or information broker. That's her thing. She sells information. Oh, yeah. So you earn points in the game. The points can be converted for weapons or so, but they can also be converted for real-life cash, like things in the real world, Uh, although technically this is the real world. And she's called Rain, and she also is interesting because, again, she's a small kind of mousy character, but who understands that information is power. Yes. And the person holds information holds the power. Yes. So she, she's, she's very, very good as well. And I like the character design. That's going to be my final glow. I'm only four episodes in. The pacing was okay. Wasn't a blow, wasn't a glow. Right, okay. The, the characters as a whole were neither a glow or a blow. Right, okay. Because, again, I'm going to go into the main protagonist in a second. But I did like the designs. As I said, people like Banda, I thought was good. Shuka looks brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. like, she's got this tremendous sort of like 18th century red dress on, you know, one of those yeah. like freely flowing yeah, ones. Yeah, She actually goes shopping, buys a load of new clothes and still ends up in that dress because it works perfectly with her spikes. Yeah, yeah. It is. K- uh, Kaname looks like your t- typical shonen jump Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, he, he couldn't look more cliche. She's wearing a shirt and yeah. jeans. But everybody goes around in their own unique... It, it's... Look, they've given themselves some real good freedom with character designs, and I think they do a real good job of it. And that's kind of like my, my, my glow. So if you like good concepts, you've got it. If you like good reasons for why there's powers flying around, the Sea Jewels have got this for you. If you want a, a female character that's got sass, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean, who is smarter than a main male character, I don't know if it's going to last this way, but certainly in the first four episodes, she's the one. She, right, okay. He needs her, she doesn't need him. Right, but I get the feeling that she realises there's something special about him. Oh, right, like okay. he's the chosen one or something like that. Because, of course, oh, it's shown. Oh, yeah. It's shown there's always a chosen one. There's always a chosen one. And it's one. always the male character. Um, so those are kind of, as I said, those are my glows. And I think, what did we get there? We got three or four, four glows, was it? Right, Five yeah. glows. Now for the blows. Blow 
number one. No Beanie Baby Giant Robot. There was no Beanie Baby Giant Robot. And I thought, how are we going to do this show with no Beanie Baby Giant Robot? I need some mechs that are filled with cotton. <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. Like, that's what we need. They didn't give it to me. What they gave me instead was Konami and his constant, constant inner monologues. Now, you don't like show and tell. Show me it, don't tell me it. Or tell me it and don't show me it. Do one or the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In this, they show you, tell you, and then give you Konami's inner monologue. Oh, yeah. You know, it is, and I don't mind an inner monologue. It is an anime staple. Yes. You know, it, it's, the, it's the way they show the character's inner anguish, mm -hmm. you know, the inner turmoil, the struggles. They try to rationalise a character's decision-making with this. But there were, I'd say, a good 30% of the times when he was inner monologuing, it was not needed. You know, right, there's yeah. one bit where he's explaining his powers. I'm like, if you haven't worked it out already... This inner monologue isn't going to help you. you yeah. Know, like I worked out his powers of reproduction the very first time we see it, which is well before the character works it out. Yeah. Because it's mm -hmm. obvious. Oh, yeah. A doctor, he, basically, he goes to use a pen, can't quite get it because it's fallen behind something. <coughs> it's the scientist he's released to the doctors who seems completely unconcerned about his condition. <laughs> okay. But, and as after he's left, she picks it's a very distinct cat pen. She picks it up and goes, Oh, I didn't before I had two of these pens. Where did this other one come from? And you're like, well, obviously he generated it because he needed it because he touched her other pen. Yeah. <laughs> you worked that out instantly. But then there's a whole bit where he's telling you about it and, the, and it's just too many instances where not only does he tell you what he's about to do, he will then tell you about it whilst he's doing it. Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> Like a Stanley comic book from the 60s. Exactly. Where they say it, they think it, and they do it. Exactly. And it's just a little too much of that. And as I said, I can't... I like, think most, a lot of them do that at the beginning of the season to try to sort of keep you intact, and it sort of lessens as the season goes on. This is what I'm hoping, because I feel like, because the game, it's all about the law set up in the game and how the game affects the world. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. the world... Like, so one of the things, for example, we, we hate is that like in Guns Akimbo, why is nobody reacting to what's going on? Yeah. Well, in this, they explain that. Right, okay. Because they've got almost like a men in black confusion device or memory device. that they. Okay. That, this game is more powerful than just an app. It clearly has effects on the, on the world. And I, I'm going to say more about that in my theories as I bring us to a close and we are coming to the end of our two hours. It's Shonen. Right, okay. Is my next blows. I love Shonen. Don't get me wrong. But I feel that the problem with Shonen is there's a lot of tropes from the 80s that's still there that we need to get past now. We don't need it anymore. Yeah, too many tropes. Too many tropes because there's a certain market they think they're catering for that I don't think exists like that anymore. Right, okay. Like the comic book market. Most people seem to think it's teenagers reading. It's not. It's not. And that's the problem is give your audience some credit. Give them some credit. See what they might like. Yeah. Don't go all Sailor Moon on us. Yeah, no, but yeah, give exactly. us some credit. At times, I've got to say, I thought the artwork seemed quite sloppy. Oh, right, okay. And there were not strong lines. The faces would seem long and plain and okay. expressionless. And as I said, very uneven lines that, that kind of... Quite off, off model, they called it. Yeah, is that what they call it? Yeah, off model. Yeah, it really threw me. And I wondered, and it, I realised Aniplex were part of it and they're part of Full Metal, um, Alchemist, Sword Art Online, but I don't think they had anything in the production. I just think they're part of the distribution for, for the Western world because I much preferred Full Metal's yeah, yeah. artwork, mm -hmm. much preferred Sword Art Online and their older anime series. 
And I got a feeling that a lot of the money went into the Siegel yeah. artwork mm-hmm. and they kind of sort of had to rain back Maybe on it's others. not that much of a popular manga, so when they make the anime, it hasn't got the budget of, say, something like Full Metal Alchemist or... Possibly. Uh, it like Hero well. Exactly. So uh, the artwork threw me a little bit, but the premise is good enough. And again, the final trope that is so shonen that I really didn't want to see in this one because they did a good did a good job in Doctor Stone of explaining this one away. Right, yeah. And what one do you think that is? I don't know. No parents and kids save the day. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I am four episodes in. I haven't seen a single parent. And of course, who are all the people running around saving the day? High schoolers. No, yeah. It's, it's a very shonen uh, trope. And unfortunately, it is in this one. Look, I'm saying these are things that blow about it. Yeah. But these are things I, I do love about anime. I just kind of want to see people take some more risks. Yeah, you want to you know? see a little bit. Exactly. And, and I felt that they fell into some real easy the, tropes. The, tro- the tropiness sometimes can be a bit distracting. And it was. And that's exactly what it was. Now, look. But you do get that with anime. It's one of the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Look, we, we had, as I said, but look, that was four things that blows. Yeah. Overall, it's a glow. There's yeah. no ifs, buts, or maybes about it. I really liked it. And the reason I liked it was because it had... That good premise. Yeah. Do you say the fights are quite inventive? The fights are very inventive and very, and I must admit, actually, I completely forgot to mention, very gory. If you don't oh, want right. to see blood, don't okay. watch this because the fights are inventive and like people getting fingers chopped off, necks chopped. I mean, there is, they're taking advantage of the fact that this is an animation. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, without a shadow of that, because this would be R rated if it was a film. Oh, right. Okay. If, if this was Guns Akimbo, it'd be R rated and would be terrible. And this, so it's not Guns Kimbo, it's not R-rated, it's an animation, and it's good. Okay. So, yeah. But what's really good about it is, like Dr. Stone, mm-hmm. brings up theories. Right, again. So I've got a couple that I just want to bring in before we, we round off this week's brilliant episode of Pop Culture Climate with very little pop culture climate news <laughs> to, yeah, exactly. to take us through. Um, what's up with the butterflies? So if, you watch, if you're listening to this, tell me. If you're watching it when I put it out on YouTube, what is up with the butterflies? In the opening scene, there's a guy who releases a dove that then turns into a load of butterflies. Okay. He's on top of scale. And they always appear when a character dies. And they become what's referred to as ground art. They like become pixelated mm-hmm. in the ground. Who was the guy who released the doves? Is he the creator of the game? Why did they show us this? Okay. I felt like they showed us it to show the, the butterflies because I said they always appear. Here's my next big thing. Is the whole thing a simulation? Oh. So this is my big theory. I don't think they're in the real world. Okay. I think what we're seeing is the Matrix. I think this is actually an isekai, not a... I, I, what's an isekai? A game, um, a sword on light is like an isekai. Okay. They're in a, they're actually in like a... Yeah, so a world that looks so real that you think it's real. Hmm. And the reason being is they get these augmented cameras and stuff that shows you the world looking really dilapidated. And there's okay. conversations about how the world used to be and how society used to be. And it also is called Darwin's Game, so that would be maybe... Yeah, and they're talking about how this is helping uh, people interact with each other and so on and so forth. Um so I've got a feeling this is all a simulation. Right, okay. I've got a feeling that the people inside of it don't know it's a simulation. It's just my theory. Um, and that, as I said, this is their way of having some sort of social control and bringing the world back to, to a better place. I could be wrong, 
but I also might not be wrong. You know, you, you yeah, never exactly. know. The fact, if you when you watch it, you'll realise that this game has such an influence over the real world. Right, okay. It doesn't make sense. And it's not like they try to hide it. The main character monologues this the whole time. is like, I don't understand it. Everybody's now got superpowers. Okay. How did a snake come out of my phone and bite me on the neck and leave a tattoo and disappear? How yeah. can I suddenly create guns out of nothing? Mm-hmm. It doesn't... And when he does it, there's, there's digitalization, there's coding that okay. we see. So my, my theory is that we're going to get to the end of this series... And we're going to find out, as I said, you maybe win your freedom from the game into the real world. I'm not sure where they're going to take it. That's right, okay. the only thing I haven't had a chance to flesh out is, well, what's the purpose of the game? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than, I mean, I said, they've had, we've seen the rich people. It's got that, as I said, that Hunger Games vibe where it's, I feel like this is entertainment for people. Oh, right, yeah. There's a treasure hunt. Right, And okay. we've got a bunch of rich people watching it on cameras. And there's a ranking system. And the and like the new guy Konami is really famous because he takes out some high level players, yeah, mm-hmm. even though he's a rookie. Yeah, and everybody so this knows. Maybe a him. game inside a game. I yes, I think it could be a game. There was a part of a game. in um, this week's uh, Westworld, last week's Westworld season mm-hmm. three season. No, you've watched the last two seasons, so I'm just watching season yeah. three. Okay, good because we've got a minute left until the end of this show. Right, someone says, "How do we know this is not a simulation?" They said, "What about Westworld? That would be a simulation inside a simulation." Oh. <laughs> That is good. That is a good point. We don't know. I don't know. I've got a feeling, as I said, it's a simulation inside a simulation. That's where I think we're going to go with A bit this. like how I think the world is now a simulation because I don't think this can be true, real. It can going at the moment. But if it is real, you should check out our social media. Oh, <laughs> I'd say for an ill man, that is one of the best links you have ever done. And where can they find us on social media? Uh, Pop Culture Climate on Facebook. Yep. I think it's PCC Pod. It's It's... Pop CC pod on Twitter because yep. I couldn't get the other anything else. No, no, you can Instagram is pop culture climate because you can have a long name on Instagram. Yeah, they're good like that, aren't they? Yeah. So that's where you can find us. Yeah. You can and find we... us on all podcasts you places can. of pop culture climate. Yep, you can, as well as on Phoenix FM website. And this week we will be launching some visual aids to go with the show, so you'll be able to find us on YouTube as well. Oh. And with that in mind. And we have 15 seconds left to go. It's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from him.